0: welcome to the shortwave report i'm your host and producer dan roberts the shortwave report is a 30-minute review of news and opinion heard on the shortwave radio and the internet in northern california listening to international broadcast at home is quite easy you just need a shortwave radio and a schedule of english language broadcast or it's simpler to use a computer or smartphone with an internet connection Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle, France 24, and Radio Havana, Cuba. We will begin with NHK World Radio Japan. New inspections at the nuclear reactors at Fukushima reveal that the base has crumbled and become vulnerable to earthquakes. Russia denies the International Criminal Court charges of war crimes for deporting children from Ukraine. China is angry that the President of Taiwan met with the Speaker of the U.S. Congress. Japan has a plan for regional defense cooperation. The Philippines have designated four more military bases for U.S. use. The leaders of France and China agreed that Russia and Ukraine should resume peace talks and that no one should use nuclear weapons, NHK Japan.
1: Video footage recorded by an underwater robot shows major damage to the base of a nuclear reactor at the crippled plant in Fukushima. That's raising concerns about its ability to withstand future earthquakes. The number one reactor and two others at the Fukushima Daiichi plant melted down following the March 2011 earthquake and tsunami. Tokyo Electric Power Company, or TEPCO, released a video clip on Tuesday showing the inside of a structure supporting the reactor called the pedestal. The video was recorded late last March by an underwater robot uh, sent into the reactor containment vessel that submerged in water to cool its fuel. What appears to be nuclear debris, a mixture of molten nuclear fuel and other materials, can be seen at the bottom of the pedestal. TEPCO says the accumulation appears to be 40 to 50 centimeters high. The wall of the cylindrically shaped pedestal has damage extending more than halfway around its circumference. TEPCO says a section of the concrete wall one meter from the bottom has crumbled, exposing the reinforcing steel bars. The firm has previously said even if portions of the pedestal were damaged, the ability of the plant to withstand earthquakes would not be compromised. But Tepco now says the latest video shows the damage may be more serious. It plans to further analyze the video to reassess future scenarios. A Russian official in charge of children's rights has denied allegations of committing war crimes. The International Criminal Court implicated her and Russia's president in the unlawful deportation of kids from Ukraine. The ICC issued arrest warrants for Maria Lvova-Belova and Vladimir Putin last month. They're accused of organizing the forced transfer of children from occupied Ukraine into Russia. Moscow insists they were moved for their protection and the consent of parents was sought when possible. Russian leaders have called the allegations a conspiracy theory. Give us evidence, and we will look into it. So far, these claims look like a farce with nothing to back them up. They're incomprehensible. The Kremlin also says it does not recognize the ICC's jurisdiction and has rejected the arrest warrants for Putin and Lvova Belova. China has reacted sharply to talks between Taiwan's president and U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. The hotly anticipated meeting came as Tsai Ing-wen was on a stopover in California on her way back home. Beijing says it's a threat to peace in the Taiwan Strait.
0: The
2: U.S. and Taiwan are using this transit to condone Taiwanese separatist activities, carry out official talks, and strengthen ties.
1: The foreign ministry spokesperson called it a serious violation of the One China principle. She said her country will take strong measures to defend its sovereignty. Tsai met with McCarthy near Los Angeles on Wednesday after visiting two Central American nations. She told him Taiwan's democracy was facing serious challenges from Beijing. McCarthy is the most senior lawmaker to meet with a Taiwanese leader on U.S. soil. He promised to accelerate arms deals just before a top U.S. delegation landed in Taipei on Thursday.
3: Being here, I think, sends a signal to the Chinese Communist Party that the United States supports Taiwan uh, and that we're going to harden Taiwan, uh, and we want them to think twice about invading Taiwan. The committee
1: chair says they want to find out if there's enough deterrence to stop any aggression from Beijing. Japan's government has set up a new plan for regional defense cooperation. It's aimed at giving partner nations the means to protect themselves in a complex security environment. The government's top spokesperson announced the launch of the official security assistance framework on Wednesday. Its guidelines say Japan is situated in its most severe security climate since the end of World War II. Japan says it will provide assistance through financial grants, but not if the funding would contribute to any international conflicts. The first batch of aid is expected to go to the Philippines, Malaysia, Bangladesh, and Fiji. They'll use it for radar and satellite communication systems to monitor territorial waters and airspace. A draft of the new charter for the Official Development Assistance Program, or ODA, calls on Japan to actively propose giving aid. The current system relies on other countries making a request. That includes providing equipment and facilities, as well as fostering human resource development. The draft also highlights Japan will fully consider a recipient country's ability to repay any loans. That's in contrast to China's Belt and Road Initiative, which often puts poorer nations under mountains of debt they cannot pay off. Japan says the revisions will be completed by June. The Philippines has
4: designated four more locations for use by the U.S. military. The move is seen as an effort by the two countries to boost deterrence against China. An army base, a naval base, and a civilian airport are in the north of Luzon Island near the Taiwan State. Uh, straight rather the fourth location is on an island off the coast of palawan province that faces the south china sea which is another area where beijing has been increasing its military presence us forces are already using five locations under their deal the two countries agreed in february to make four more available the us department of defense says the new locations allow what it calls a seamless response to shared challenges in the Indo-Pacific region. But some Philippine leaders are reluctant to allow the U.S. military to expand its presence. One of them is the governor of Cagayan, which hosts two of the four new sites.
5: We will be the first to be attacked by the enemies of Japan, of U.S., and Australia, and not the enemy of
6: the Philippines.
4: The Philippine government is trying to gain the understanding of their people by stressing the sites would also be used for humanitarian and relief operations in the event of a disaster.
1: The leaders of France and China have agreed Russia and Ukraine should resume peace talks as soon as possible. They also agreed no one should use nuclear weapons. French President Emmanuel Macron and Chinese President Xi Jinping met in Beijing. She said China and France have a responsibility to promote multilateralism and protect the peace, stability and prosperity of the world. Macron expressed hopes China will work for peace in Ukraine. He said he's counting on Xi to bring Russia back to reason and everyone back to the negotiating table. At a joint news conference, Xi said China insists on promoting peace negotiations and a political settlement.
5: China is willing to work with France to call on the international community to stay rational and restrained and avoid taking actions that will further make the crisis deteriorate or even get out of control.
1: Xi and Macron both said nuclear weapons must not be used. The desire that France shares is that nuclear weapons be totally excluded from this conflict that all international treaties on the subject be respected and that under no circumstances nuclear weapons be deployed outside the territory of states. Macron said Russia's plan to deploy tactical nuclear weapons in Belarus goes against the commitment it made to China. He said negotiations should be resumed as soon as possible to build a sustainable peace. He also said respect for Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity is a condition for realizing peace.
0: That report was from NHK World Radio Japan. They are now heard from 9.30 to 10 p.m. at 9865 or on the web at www.nhk.or.jp. They also podcast at most sites. All the times I've announced are for Pacific Daylight Saving Time, so please adjust them to your time zone. Next, Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle russia is talking about deploying nuclear weapons to belarus the united states has at least 100 nuclear warheads stationed in europe germany's radio deutsche Welle.
7: nuclear weapons are at the top of the agenda in talks between the leaders of russia and belarus belarus Belarusian leader Alexander Lukashenko is in Moscow for a second day of meetings with Russian President Vladimir Putin. The two are expected to focus discussions on plans to station short-range tactical nuclear weapons on Belarusian soil. The plans have drawn international condemnation and the Kremlin says Belarusian forces are now in Russia for training with the weapons. Since the fall of the Soviet Union and the end of the Cold War, the number of nuclear weapons in Europe has been drastically reduced. But that trend could soon be reversed. My colleague, Amin Asif, has been looking into where these warheads are located and
3: where they might be moved to. Let's start with NATO's nuclear arsenal here in Europe. Now, in addition to France and the UK, which both have their own nuclear weapons, These are the six bases where U.S. nuclear warheads are reportedly stationed in the Netherlands, in Belgium, Germany, Italy, and in Turkey. Now, some estimates put the total number at 100 nuclear bombs. Russia is the only former Soviet country to maintain an arsenal of nuclear weapons, and while it has far fewer than it did at the height of the Cold War, it still has more than any other country in the world, even the U.S., and these are kept at more than a dozen military bases across its territory. That includes in Golovchino, which is just 20 kilometers from the Ukrainian border. As you can see, Russia and NATO have not openly stationed nuclear weapons near each other's borders until now, that is. Russia said it will position tactical nuclear weapons in the west of Belarus near NATO member Poland's border. It would be the first time Russia's nuclear weapons would be openly placed outside its borders. Now, Putin's inner circle has also warned that further NATO expansion could prompt Russia to position nukes in its exclave of Kaliningrad in the Baltic states between Lithuania and Poland. Now, the location of nuclear weapons has arguably more political significance than military significance. That's since both Russia and the US have missiles that can theoretically hit any target on the planet. But what's clear is that the buffer zone between the Cold War foes is once again shrinking and tensions are rising.
0: That was DW's Amy and That report was from Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle, which may be heard at a combined audio-video website, dw.com, as well as on YouTube at their channels called DW News and DW Documentary. On to France 24. In France, at the pension protest and environmental actions, the police have been filmed using brutal force leading to a hearing in Parliament. Then press reviews about police violence and double standards. The French President Macron and European Commission President van der Leyen visited China with multiple agendas including peace in Ukraine and increasing trade. France 24 The world has watched the
5: violence unfold in France in recent weeks. During the protests against the pension reform and the crackdown on demonstrations against new water reservoirs in the west of the country, police have been filmed using force. Interior Minister Gérald Darmanin is being grilled in Parliament this Wednesday on whether this force has been unacceptably violent. He's blamed the violence on rioters and the far left, who he accuses of trying to destroy democracy.
6: The
5: far left and the extreme left want chaos and have called for public buildings to be burned and for police and gendarmes to be murdered. Since the protests took hold in January, more than 440 police and gendarmes have been injured, but no official figure has been provided for the number of injured civilians. The Council of Europe, NGOs and a UN Special Rapporteur have all warned against the use of excessive force by French police. In 2019, the UN asked the French government to conduct an in-depth review of every alleged instance of police abuse, a request which critics say has fallen on deaf ears. Damanas said on Sunday that since the start of the protests, internal inspectors have been looking into the actions of 38 officers and gendarmes. Meanwhile, local prosecutors have begun their own inquiries, for instance surrounding the reservoir protest in
3: Saint-Sauline. I'm launching an appeal for direct testimonies of the facts surrounding these four
7: victims.
5: These clashes left a number of campaigners seriously injured, with one still in a coma after 11 days.
3: France now. The uh, Interior Minister, Gérald Darmanin, is going to have to answer to MPs today. This is over the use of excessive police force against protesters in recent pension
6: reform demonstrations.
1: That's right. It's it's, uh, making the the French papers today, in particular, Libération, the left wing opposition in France, and left wing paper Libération accusing the Interior Minister and Emmanuel Macron's government of a double standard. It accuses the government notably of use of uh, sort of repression from all directions when it comes to the far left and a deafening silence when it comes to the far right. Uh, In its edition today, the paper also looks at the lack of government. Uh, communication of the deleting of an ultra-right group on the messaging app Telegram, which is planning violent actions against foreigners, left-wing MPs and journalists. The the paper reminding the government that in the past 10 years uh, of the attacks thwarted by authorities, only one came from the far left, while seven of them came from the far
7: right story.
2: Our China correspondent Yenna Lee is covering this state visit for us. She joins us live from Beijing. And Yenna, clearly then, Ukraine a key issue today. What did you make of those comments uh, by Macron and she? Well, as expected, Emmanuel Macron being the guest in the room was the one who was really trying to uh, appeal to his Chinese uh, counterpart, talking about France and China's uh, many cultural and historic ties and saying despite their differences when it comes to political systems and when it comes to human rights, with a little bit of mutual respect, uh, discussions can bring about concrete results. That's what Emmanuel Macron was trying to say throughout his uh, speech. He thanked President Xi twice for uh, giving him so much face-to-face time during this state visit. Now, the war in Ukraine is clearly a priority for President Emmanuel Macron. If he comes out of this with nothing, it will be a bit of an embarrassment, much like when he tried to reach out to President Putin. Now, while he was sitting alongside President Xi, Macron zoomed in on some of China's own narratives to try and find a common ground. For example, he said, you know, because Beijing often boasts about being a major UN power, Macron said, as permanent members of the UN Security Council, we cannot accept the violation of the territorial integrity and the Sovereignty of a country with internationally recognised borders. Now. For now, on the Chinese side, not much new has come out of the mouth of President Xi Jinping. We heard the very the usual things he usually says. The nuclear war must not be fought. We are for peace talks, etc. He did condemn the attacks on civilians and civilian infrastructure without actually accusing Russia of being behind those. Overall, not much budging there from Beijing's side. In fact, the official government handout that was released after the two men's private sit-down earlier on this Thursday they didn't even explicitly mention the word Ukraine. Diplomacy, though, is, of course, a, a long-term game sometimes. So the results of Emmanuel Macron's time spent with the President uh, Xi might have to be uh, measured in the days, if not the weeks or months to come. And Yenna, Macron's not the only Western leader in Beijing right now. Ursula von der Leyen, the European Commission president, is there As well. In fact, all three leaders are having a trilateral meeting at the moment. Just give us a sense as to what's likely to come out of that. Well, Emmanuel Macron actually invited along Ursula von der Leyen with him to his own uh, state visit to to have, you know, the economic might of the EU behind him and also have this united front, a united approach, European approach when it comes to dealing with China. Uh, Before the trip, actually, Elise Pallet's sources told us, you know, five, six years ago, European nations weren't so united on this. Now we stand together. We have a coherent policy when it comes to China. But so far, we haven't seen much of a a united front. It's all a bit bit of a a fail for them. EU leaders have been exhibiting a rather different attitude to that of uh, President Emmanuel Macron, notably with Ursula von der Leyen's own speech before uh, she left for uh, China. That said, tone and attitude aside, the overarching approach coming from Paris and Brussels is, is rather similar. It's all about diversify their economic partners away from China and also acknowledge that China has become a very important strategic rival. Now, it might be Emmanuel Macron that's the one sending mixed messages and mixed signals here because he has brought along with him a delegation of more than 50 business leaders. And just moments ago, his ministers and representatives of these businesses signed... 20 new deals with their Chinese counterparts. Yen live in Beijing.
0: Those reports and press review were from France 24. France 24 may be easily found at their website France24.com as well as a YouTube channel called France 24 English. My health concerns have continued. I am recovering from spinal surgery three weeks ago. And I truly appreciate your well wishes. Hopefully, my energy will increase soon. Bear with me, please. If you have questions or comments about the shortwave report or could assist me by supporting this listener-funded program, I may be reached through the website and PayPal or by writing to Dan Roberts at PO Box 1162, Willits, California 95490. Please help me continue producing this weekly show, which I freely distribute to radio stations and the internet. Many, many thanks to everyone who has contributed, most recently from Mendocino, California. We will conclude with Radio Havana, Cuba. SUMAR is a new left-wing political party in Spain, launched by Yolanda Diaz, who hopes to become the first female prime minister of the country. The French government is considering a legal framework for euthanasia or assisted dying. COVID cases are rising at an alarming rate in the UK. Radio Havana, Cuba.
6: A new political party has been launched in Spain, composed of more than a dozen left-leaning groups and led by a lifelong communist who aims to become the country's first female prime minister. Yolanda Díaz, the Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Labour, has drastically changed Spain's political landscape with the formation of the Sumar, or Unite Party. Díaz has succeeded in bringing together various political groups, as well as two government ministers and prominent individuals, such as mayors of Barcelona and Valencia. Sumar will be on the ballot papers when Spain goes to the polls in December, with Díaz at the helm. Diaz told a rapturous crowd, of 5,000 who turned out in Madrid for the launch, quote, I want to be Spain's first female president because women's time has come, and women want to be the ones who make history. In Spain, the Prime Minister is officially called the president of the government. Women don't belong to anyone, nor do I. A woman belongs to anyone. We're tired, very tired, of being patronized and ignored. Notably absent from the alliance is Podemos, the left-wing party in the coalition government with the mainstream Spanish Socialist Workers' Party, which refused to join over a dispute about how Subar would organize primaries. Pablo Iglesias, a founding member and former leader of Podemos, who has opposed joining Diaz, said it would be quote, an electoral and political tragedy if Subar went ahead without Podemos' support. However, the polls showed his party in electoral freefall, with some party members weary of what they see as the auto rule of Iglesias and his wife, the Equality Minister Irene Montero, many may gravitate towards Sumar. Although by no means a centrist, Diaz wants to break with bipartisan politics. She says she wants Sumar to be, quote, useful and solving people's problems and frequently uses the words listen and dialogue. It focuses on jobs and housing and she wants to introduce a shorter working week with no loss of income and greater protection for people in precarious employment. Emmanuel Macron has instructed his government to look as to whether euthanasia or assisted dying should be permitted in France after a citizen's convention voted in favor. He said a draft bill would be produced by the end of the summer and also promised, quote, a 10-year plan on end-of-life care. Our system of support for the end-of-life remains ill-adapted to contemporary Requirements. The French president was speaking at the Élysée Palace after meeting with members of a 184-person convention set up to consider the issue of euthanasia and assisted dying. It voted by a majority of 76% in favor of some form of euthanasia or assisted dying under certain conditions for those who want it. Macron said he asked the government to work with Parliament to build on the Convention's work. The Convention's decision carries with it a requirement and an expectation for a French model for the end of life. We will respond to it. The current law in France dates from 2016 and allows medical personnel to place someone close to death and in intolerable pain under permanent sedation, but stops short of authorizing them to administer or supply a lethal substance. Assisted dying, where medical personnel furnish the means for someone to end their life, but the patient administers, administers its, its, him, himself, or voluntarily euthanasia, where a doctor plays an active role in ending someone's life at their request, are allowed in a number of European countries. Assisted dying has been legal in Switzerland since the 1940s, and euthanasia is legal in Belgium, the Netherlands, Luxembourg, and Spain. Last year, an Italian man, paralyzed 12 years earlier in a traffic crash, died in Italy's first case of assisted dying. Other EU countries, including Portugal, are debating allowing some form of assisted dying. France's National Council of Doctors, L'Ordre des Médecins, is opposed to its members helping people end their lives. An opinion poll by Journal du Dimanche has found 70% of those asked were in favor of some form of assisted dying. And some people in England will be offered a COVID booster job this week, health officials have announced, as recent estimates show infections have climbed to their highest level this year. Care home residents will be the first to receive the spring COVID-19 booster vaccine on Monday, with millions more people expected to book an appointment from Wednesday. About 5 billion people will be eligible for a booster until the end of June, including those aged 75 and over and anyone aged 5 and over who is immunosuppressed. Everyone will be able to book a jab online from the 5th of April with the first appointments available from the 17th. Millions of people will be sent their initial invitations through the National Health Service or the NHS app where they can also book their appointment. Text messages and letters will be sent to those without the app or who are not using it regularly. The move comes after official UK estimates of COVID-19 last week showed infections in England have climbed to their highest level so far in 2023. An estimated 1.5 million people in private households in England were likely to have had coronavirus in the week ending 13th of March, up from 1.3 million in the previous week, according to the Office of National Statistics. It was the highest total for England since the week to the 3rd of January.
0: Those reports were from Radio Havana, Cuba. Cuba's website is working well at radiohc.cu, though there's no podcast up there. On shortwave, Cuba may be heard from noon to 1 p.m. at 15.140, and from 6 p.m. to midnight at either six thousand sixty sixty or 6,165. At their website, you can stream the English version at noon, monday through friday pacific daylight saving time one of my goals in producing this show is to encourage people to listen to international broadcast get a global perspective you will have to look harder these days because of us and eu prohibitions on media every thursday evening i post a new shortwave report at the website for this show that's outfarpress.com at my website you can also listen to past shows Please consider making a safe donation online through PayPal. There's a link at my website along with the podcast link and get advice for listening at home. The shortwave report, which is now in its 27th year of production, remains free to rebroadcast upon notification. The shortwave report is produced and distributed off the electrical grid in Northern California using solar panels. I'm your host and producer, Dan Roberts. Thanks for listening.